Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 175. Those who know, know. Those who don't know, don't. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm so excited to introduce a very special guest, Lisa Smith. Lisa, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I've got my blue driving shoes. I'm ready to go. All right. She came in style today. I love it. Lisa Smith is the managing partner of Swixtill USA, an international brand of stylish menswear with a vintage look and feel built on the 1950s car racing heritage. The Swixtill logo was seen on many of the great drivers, including Juan Manuel Fangio, Jose Broilin, Jean Berra, Joe Bonnier, and Sir Sterling Moss. Lisa's been an automotive enthusiast, especially around vintage cars her entire life, and she was often found in her father's restoration shop with a wire brush in one hand, helping Dad out. She's a well-traveled blog editor of DecorGirl.net, and she's an interior designer, and she leaves tomorrow for the Cavallino Classic to spend some time with a whole bunch of Ferraris. I am jealous. So Lisa, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history? your career, and your passion for automobiles. Sure. You sort of alluded to it when you mentioned the wire brush story that I told you, and that's really true. My dad worked on cars as a hobby, and like any good kid that wants to make money and your dad's going to pay you five bucks, and (laughs) back then five bucks was probably like 25 bucks to a kid today, an hour, Sure, you go for it. So I was often in the shop, so to speak. I was around it. And the first car we restored for us was a 1930 Model A. And it just kind of took off from there. He actually bought one for parts. He thought that he was going to teach me how to be a pinstriper. Oh, wow. Because I like to paint. Uh And so I had an entire car to practice on. Oh my gosh. Now it wasn't perfect or anything because we'd, we'd really, we'd pulled it out of the woods. But so, you know, I was doing all the little lines and stuff and turned out really that wasn't my forte. <laughs> I probably could pinstripe if I needed to now. So I've always been around it. He was a judge 
for AACA, I would go with him. He judged paint. Oh, wow. Um, so I went with him. And, you know, even now when we go places, I'm looking over cars much more than probably someone else would. So I've always liked cars. Always, It's kind of a just a natural thing. Where I've come from to get here is I've lived all over the country. My first career was in Wall Street. Oh, wow. Then I became an interior designer which I still am. And here I am today with Swick still. So I can la- allow my design passion, my also my passion for fashion and cars become one. Well, I think that's so cool how you've combined those two passions. And tell our listeners a little bit about Swick still. Swick still. It's, it's that word. I, I keep thinking of doing a, a small little blurb on our blog and having a bunch of people say it. Because when you read it, nobody knows how to pronounce it. Yes, it's a tongue twister. It is a tongue twister. Well, I guess because it's originally Argentinian and we are not. Mm-hmm. But it's it's such a great story. And you think about it, no other clothing brand, men's clothing brand, has such a history and such a true history where... Back in the in the glory days of, of automotive racing and Grand Prix and endurance driving in the late 40s, 50s, and 60s, we outfitted the best. Mm. Swick still outfitted Fangio. You know, Fangio is known all over the world. And, you know, he's a, a hero, certainly in his own country and to, you know, many other Formula One drivers. Even uh, Michael Schumacher has, you know, spoken very highly of him. Sure. I think he knocked him sort of off his off a pedestal. He got a record that Fangio once held. But as far as Swickstill goes, it's just such a cool brand to have such a story behind it. And when you meet people, you even like talking to you and all the people I get to talk to that, you know, know a little bit about it, they're so charged and enthusiastic because, you know, oh, this this is what, you know, so-and-so wore. This is what, you know, even uh, Sir Sterling Moss, you see him today. He's still photographed wearing our pants. That's so cool. That's so still cool. Still wears them. So that's, it's just, it's neat and that, that you can wear your passion. And yes, it's got the Swick still name on it. So it has a logo. But what I like to tell people is, those who know, know. Those who don't know, don't. <laughs> well, it has that mystique to it, but I love it. And I found the brand years ago while I was at the Concorso Italiano. You, mm-hmm. you guys had a booth there. And I was so intrigued by it because there was something about it that tapped a memory in my head. Where have I seen this before? And then when I saw the pictures, of course, and the old racing pictures that I have in the books and things, oh, that's where it is. And yeah. I've had your uh, the CEO of the company, Vincent, on the mm-hmm. show, and uh, he was a great interview, and he's a, a wonderful guy and this international-type person and who's brought this whole thing back. So I think it's fantastic, and we'll be talking a little bit more about the brand as we go into some of the questions, but I always like to start our journeys with a success quote, and this is a saying that has been somewhat instrumental in forming your life, has a meaning to you, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. I know you like to go out on the track, Lisa, so take the wheel. Well, like I sort of told you, I'm not a big quote person, but if pushed, actually I can come up with two. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> you know, there's you always switch gears. Yes. Um, <laughs> one would be to do what you love. And another one would be to trust your gut. Ah, well, tell me, how have you incorporated those two great quotes into your life and your passion for cars? I guess the best way to say it is everything that I've done has come from a thought, a passion, you know, inside. If I've, if I've wanted to do something or wanted something without any negative thoughts or without any too many questions, it manifests itself. You know, I wanted to work on Wall Street and I ended up with the, the career of my dreams you know, and then I wanted to do design and I ended up being an interior designer and have done well with that. And, you know, with cars, you know, you think back years and years ago, oh, I've always wanted this car. Or I always wanted that car. Have I gotten every one? No, but I've gotten some very cool cars and I have no complaints in the car department. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. I love that. Like you've seen what you want and you've gone after it. So yeah. That's perfect. And uh, I've had many guests on the show here at Cars Yeah who say, do what you love. Life is so short. Do what you love. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You talked about those wonderful visions I have of you working with your dad in the shop. But is there a pivotal moment in your life that you remember when you really knew you were a car gal? I guess if you really want to dig for a pivotal moment, and this is by no means dramatic or the least bit interesting is a great story, but I used to read Hemmings. Oh, the Bible. (laughs) I did. My dad had Hemmings and he, you know, had it for looking for car parts and stuff like that. I would read the section on Rolls-Royce, Bentley, Mercedes, the old ones, Mm because I only like the stuff, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s. And I would just love the stories. And I would be so excited when, some, you know, this was owned by Prince so-and-so and it has this customization and it has that. And I just thought it was wonderful. And it was even better if there's a picture. <laughs> awesome. and, and even today, I, I notice I still gravitate to those. When I go to car shows like Pebble or something, because I'm always there taking pictures for my on Decor Girl, because I kind of have two personalities, the car person and the design person, I post on cars every Saturday. So I get lots of content, get lots of pictures. And I find myself, I'm always gravitating to those beautiful old Rolls Royce, Bentley, Bugatti, those, you know, those great big swoopy fenders and maybe suicide doors, but the glorious interior Here's a story for you, Mark, how it translated to my life now. Mm-hmm. Remember, I mentioned that um, 1930 Model A? Yes. Well, when we restored that, part of it was a full restoration. So one of the things that we put into this was the upholstery, and it was upholstered in mohair. Now, let me see. This would have been when I was in mm, seventh, eighth grade. So first of all, what kid knows what in the world mohair is, (laughs) Right. let alone which one would remember? Raise of hand, I remembered. And when I, oh, about 10 or so years, I guess it's a little longer ago. Time time flies, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes. Um, 
I designed a, a sofa for myself because a lot of what I do in design is I design furniture. And funny enough, it's often based on cars. But the sofa that I sit on every single night is made from what material? Mohair. Mohair. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that story. That's awesome. Very cool. So, Lisa, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share with our listeners a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced in your career. But the most important part of this question has to do with how you overcame that and what you learned from it. Well, probably the most, the biggest challenge I have had would be about 16 years ago. Yeah, 16 years ago. My mother was murdered mm. in a domestic violence incident. I was on the other end of a, I got a phone call at five o'clock and it said he shot her. And that was my little brother on the other end of the phone. Oh my goodness. Not the phone call you expect. Or, so, or want. <laughs> no, or want. So me being the big sister. Now this happened in Florida. Mm-hmm which surprisingly it took me a few years to want to go there again. So the next, you know, the next day I'm on a plane with her older brother who was coming from Washington, DC, and we were meeting down there. So my mom's older brother and me went down there to take care of everything. And I remembered being on the plane and I'm one of those one things I did inherit from my mother mm-hmm. is being incredibly Teary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll watch something on TV and it's like, whoa. Yeah. It's not that I'm bawling. It's just that I, I well up. So I, I, I wear my emotions. Let's Emotional, put it that way. yes. But I remember being on the plane and I had very little details on this other than that my mother was shot by the guy she had married that my brother and I didn't care for. And, but I remember thinking, I have to tell this story. I mean, and this is barely 24 hours later that those are the thoughts in my head. So I was in Florida for, it didn't take long, got some more information, got, I went to the location. That's not the prettiest story, but the point is, is I felt so strongly that the story had to be told Mm -hmm. that I came home, you know, and this was... You know, before we had cell phones and we we had uh, internet and we could do all that very quickly. So I wasn't on the plane researching anything. But I got home and I found the local domestic violence agency. And I thought, I need to learn about this and I need to be able to talk about this. So in a way, it was my therapy. What I wanted to do was, like I said, talk about it. Mm -hmm. Public speaking for me is fun. I mean, give me five people, give me 500 people. Doesn't bother me. I don't get nervous. I, I love it. I, I a joy. Um, You're one of those rare ones. <laughs> I know people are like, I'm nervous. Like, why? Yes. You know, I don't imagine anybody naked either. Did that <laughs> but I just find it fun. So it was just something I knew I could do. So I learned a lot. I learned that, you know, a lot of the things that I would have been that would have been normal for me to have done would have been the wrong things. Like if my mom had let me know the situation she was in, my first reaction would have been, well, I'll come get you. You you come live with me or whatever. But 
and then I'm no different than the perpetrator because mm-hmm. then I'm taking away her ability to make a decision. So it was really kind of interesting. So, and when I put my mind to learning something, I absorb every little detail like a sponge. So what I did is go out and speak and I tell the story in a creative storytelling way to the point where while I'm telling the story, you don't know who I'm talking about. Oh, I see. Until the very end. And wow, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's, it's moving. It's, it's weird to say I like to tell it, but it's because I like to share the, you know, this is something that people need to talk about. And I can't say what if, but boy, I wish, you know, my brother and I both wish we would have spoken up. Wow. Um, well, first and foremost, I appreciate you sharing that extremely personal story, and tragedy. But I can see what you're talking about, talking about it, getting it out, so important. And I'm really happy that you've been able to find a way to, to do that in your life. Let's do this. Let's shift gears here a little bit and go to the other end of the spectrum. And I'd love for you to share an aha moment that you had in your career, your business, a time when you realized that an idea that you had, a concept was really valid and it was going to make it. And tell us the steps that you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Well, probably the best way to to, uh, tell it would be to describe my personality. Starting from a a small child, I was the kid that always asked why. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) To the point of my my parents would say, because I said so, (laughs) that didn't quite cut it, so I would keep going. Sure. And that stuck with me my entire life, you know, to the point where sometimes people feel like I'm questioning them when I'm really just questioning. I I just want to know why, how you know, what's your thought process? And I'm not questioning someone's abilities. If that's the case, I'll usually be very direct. But I just, I always ask why. And I run through all the possibility on something. I really think things through. And I guess an aha moment would be, let's go back to that one quote I mentioned, which was about trusting your gut. Mm -hmm. When this opportunity for Swick still came up, it was a it was barely a paragraph of conversation before my whole mind body flipped over to oh yeah i'm i'm all about this <laughs> fantastic so that, and that was you know there was no i didn't you know how can i do this why should i do this why shouldn't i do there was none of that and so that was my sort of aha moment saying, okay, well, you talk to yourself a lot about trusting your gut, you know, whether it's in design or some other things. Well, here you go. Here's one handed to you that is, you know, everything you love, it lets you bring cars into your life, you know, on an even bigger scale and just go for it. Yeah. You know, the, what comes to mind here is the great TED Talk by Simon Sinek where he talks about why and defining the why. And it's such an important part of doing anything in life. You you need to understand why you're doing something, really understand it. And I just went through, you know, my beginning annual goal setting and business setting things. And one one of the five steps that I walk through is 
Why? Why do you want to do these things? Why do you want to get in better shape? Why do you want to exercise every day? Why do you want to do this with your business, whatever? So the whys are so important. So I think it's great when kids ask why all the time. And yes, it can be annoying. Remember that with my children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, especially when you don't have the answer. That makes it even more annoying. So yes, I was a challenge. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory that you had with that vehicle. Well, that one's really easy. <laughs> However, first I have to tell you what I usually tell people like, oh, Lisa, what, what, you know, what did you used to drive? You know, well, when people don't know my, my age, I love to say the first car I drove was a Model A because it really was <laughs> without the body on it and just, you know, with a, an engine, a steering wheel, a, some sort of seat Yes. and, you know, frame. Yeah. That's it. That was my first drive around the block. And they say, my goodness, you sound so young. But I am. I'm from really, I'm 80. <laughs> I just look real good. There you go. But no, I guess my first real, real special car would be on my first anniversary when there was a blue boxster on my front lawn with a white bow on it. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty darn special. And, and I had no idea this was happening, Mark, because we were buying another car. We, were, mm-hmm. we bought an Audi S4, and we were waiting for that to come in because here in Ohio, you need something that is can get around in the winter. And Quattro. an S4 <laughs> with, with Blitzax is, you yep. know, it's better than any SUV. Yep. So, you know, I was wait, we were waiting for that to come in, and it was going to be in in a week. And now, of course, like any Audi dealership, they also have Porsches. And mm-hmm. being car people, yes, we test drive things. And we had test drove or you know, we we had a test drive in the in the box. I was like, oh yeah, this this is cool, but never even thinking like it's a possibility or even a thought process. So it was quite a surprise because the day before, mm-hmm. my husband trotted me up to the car dealer, you know, for some, under some ruse because of the S four and just signing something or some crazy thing. I don't even remember. Right. But he trotted me up there, and here was this gorgeous blue Boxster. <laughs> and now, I should have clued in, because things that don't make sense, I usually pick right up on. But this day, I didn't. But on the front of this blue Boxster on the window was a ripped piece of yellow legal pad, you know, a line paper, mm-hmm. and it had in blue ink pen sold written on it okay and i'm thinking yeah okay so not everybody's quite as aesthetically astute as me so all right i'm not thinking anything of it yeah well little did i know (laughs) he was just up there you know rubbing it in oh isn't this nice look at the yeah okay it's sold no big deal move on yeah oh what a great surprise fantastic (laughs) lucky lady for sure Mm -hmm. how about seller's remorse is there a vehicle that you've let go in your life that you really wish you could have back in the garage? Well, I miss my Porsche. Um, <laughs> not that Boxster, the next one. Or, or We had a couple of turbos, too, which I liked. Um, oh, yes. It's funny. It was kind of like his and hers, but then we'd go to the track, and then we'd switch. Oh, okay. And he'd like the Boxster better, and I'd like the turbo better. Interesting. Very weird. Yeah. I don't think there's any real... There's nothing that I would have back. I mean, I like what I have now much better. Yeah. And I just, I think there's probably more things I wish I would have bought. Oh yeah. We always have those. You know, we, we all have that, you know? Yeah. So 
How about current projects? Is there a project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Uh, in all honesty, Swigstow. Swigstow, of course. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it really does. Like I said before, you, you talk to people and they are so – I mean, if I could hire everybody I met as a salesperson, this would be awesome. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have to work. But it's so exciting. I get a charge from every – part of it, you know, from building the website and creating the catalog and the pricing and talking to potential vendors and, and setting up, I recently, uh, I think I've finished setting up our calendar for the year of the events we're going to be going to, which, you know, in two days will be at Cavalino will be our first um, event, first time that Swixtel's ever been at Cavalino, so that should be pretty fun. Oh, yeah. But it's just... I get an absolute charge out of it. And it's it's funny because it used to be when I go to bed at night, I like to read. And I used to not be able to read design magazines because I would mentally work all night. Oh, of course. So what did I read? Sports car market, Cavalino. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I that was my go to. Yes. You know, if I wasn't reading some book. So now I'm kind of stuck because I can't read those because then I'm like, okay, I could do this or I could write about that or I could, you know. Well, there's therein lies the uh, the fun and challenge of your career and passion colliding into each other. That's right. And having fun. Now, here's a really interesting question. It's always a little bit introspective from my my point of view of how people feel about themselves. If Lisa was a car, what kind of car would Lisa be and why? Well... She'd be blue, that's for sure, because everybody <laughs> pretty much knows that's my favorite color, especially when it comes to cars. Yep. Um, but I would be a 1930s Avion Vosson. Oh, my gosh. Now, there is a pretty unique, wild, and crazy car. Tell me why you see yourself as a Vosson. Because, and this hopefully doesn't sound arrogant, but... I just love those cars because they're they're beautiful. They, I mean, they don't they don't scream beauty to a lot of people if they think they're ugly, but they're absolutely beautiful. They're incredibly engineered in the, you know not the typical thing that most people that turns most people's head. Mm-hmm. That you know, kind of like the underdog, I guess, in that aspect. They're impeccably detailed. When it comes to design, nothing is left as a, well, we didn't get to that or we didn't really think about that. I mean, every every detail on those cars are precision engineered and beautiful, and they're fast. They are really unique cars. There was a winner, I think it was in 2011 at Pebble Beach. Yep. 30s, early 30s Voisson that was just spectacular. And the interior of that vehicle was something crazy. Oh, okay, Mark. Do you want a story to go with that car? Sure. A couple years ago, I was at Cavallino, sitting at the seafood bar at the Breakers having lunch, and a man and a woman walked up and, and sat down, and we just started chatting. And, you know, and I asked them if they were there for Cavallino or whatever, and you know, we got into car things. And again, I don't know how it came up, but I mentioned this Avion Vosan. And... My birthday's in November, so it wasn't that long ago. And I mentioned that, odd as it may sound, what I asked for, for from my husband for 
Christmas was a book song. <laughs> no, was a book. A book. And I mentioned this car, just that I absolutely love it. I knew that it was this book was about these cars, and it turns out, and and the woman says, "Well, my husband wrote the book." No way. And I'm like, "What?" Well, I was talking, and I met Peter and Merle Mullen. The Mullins. Ah, oh, I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> wow, that is really crazy story. Yeah. Th- and I'm like, oh, I, you know, it's like being with a celebrity. And, you know, I didn't know who he was. I mean, I knew the car. Yes. Uh, and I knew the book, but I just didn't connect the rest of the dots. Well, he's on my list to have a guest as a guest here on Cars. Yeah. The collection of cars that Peter Mullen has. Oh, that's wonderful. Is absolutely outrageous and that vehicle i took a picture of the interior and i actually used mm-hmm. that image in one of my blogs because it's just such a stunning the fabric it, it's psychedelic oh, yeah. it's just psych- psychedelics the wrong word but it's just crazy you look in there and you think you're on a trip of some kind and i'm not talking about traveling by airplane no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy so very interesting choice i love that you're the first to pick that car so very unique All right, Lisa, we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions, and I'm going to ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yep. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Buy what you love. Yes, perfect, perfect. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Trusting my gut. (laughs) Yeah, we heard that before, didn't we? (laughs) Do you have a resource that you would share with our listeners? I know there are so many, but one, maybe two, either a website, a blog, a supplier, obviously something different than Swixtil that you think our listeners should see. Well, I'm going to go really out of the box here. Okay. And I'm going to suggest a wonderful resource, if you like cars at all, (laughs) car pictures, car information. Mm Mm-hmm. Instagram. Ah, yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, originally when I was starting to dabble in social media, I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. I'm happy with my husband. I'm not looking for somebody. I don't, you know, need to worry about that stuff. But that isn't what, it, what uh, social media is all about. It's a great resource. And Instagram, because it's photographed, based and and we're all very visual especially when it comes to cars i mean what car person doesn't like looking at car pictures yes Um, i get that that's why i do well on my my saturday blog post (laughs) full of pictures yep but it's amazing the amount of people around the world that are so knowledgeable like there's a guy that we follow back each other back and forth from sweden and he's my go-to if I'm not sure about something about a Ferrari, um, a certain Porsche, or, or some BMWs. I'm like, you know, I think it's this, but I'm not sure. He's right there. Make, model, serial number, who owned it, when it was made, what colors it used to be. And it's fascinating. Yeah. And the cool thing is if I put up a picture and maybe I, I get it wrong, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes, you know, uh, one car looks like another and I, I transpose the numbers or something. Those people are right there to correct you, but in the kindest way. And, you know, the the funny thing about that, and I know these are short questions, but <laughs> Instagram is where I met Vincent. From oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I love Instagram too. And I've seen you pipe in on the, the pictures that I post every day on Cars Yeah podcast Instagram. I appreciate that. 
And how about a book? Is there a book? You mentioned you love to read books. Is there one in particular that you could reference for the Cars Yow listeners? Well, it would have to be the book that I wanted for my birthday. And which book is that? <laughs> it was the, and I'm probably not going to say it right because I'm not French and I didn't take French in high school. It's Vitesse Elegance, French Expression of Flight in Motion. What's great about that book that you referenced there is the photography by Michael Furman, who was a guest here on Cars Yeah. And I met him at Pebble Beach last summer, thanks to... You um, lucky duck. Yes. And uh, he was a guest here. And oh, yeah, his books, I've got many of his books in my mm-hmm. library. And they're just, in fact, the book that you reference is in my library as well. And it really works of art what he does. He's such a perfectionist. So yes, yes awesome. Well, listeners, you can find all these great links at carsyad.com slash Lisa Smith. Just put Lisa in the search box and her show notes page will pop right up. All right, Lisa, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, I'm thinking I know what the car is going to be, but we'll see. But money's no object. Today, I'm going to buy you whatever you want. Well, oh, why, thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say that. You're about to head down to uh, the Cavalino. There's going to be some yeah. expensive cars down there. This is going to get expensive. What would that one vehicle be and why? Well, let's see. Most guys would probably answer a 250 GTO because, you know, the dollar's attached to it. But since we can't sell it. Right. And I like those two. I I think they're beautiful. But clearly, uh, you know, a a late 20s or early 30s, Avion, Vosan, you know, any of those French cars, Bugatti, Delahaye, Delage, Hispano Suiza, any of those. But it's funny, if I really think about it, one car that really has captured me was, is the 1925 Rolls-Royce Round Door. Ah, the car at the Peterson Museum? The car at the Peterson Museum in the car at the Peterson Museum that I went out there to see and it wasn't on display. Oh, no. Well, I'll tell you something about that car. I just had Michael Dovier, who's the chairman of the La Jolla Concorde Elegance on Cars, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have that car at their Concorde in April in La Jolla. So oh. you're going to have to fly from Palm Beach and maybe just stay down there a few months and then, you know, get out of that Ohio snow and fly over to the beaches of La Jolla, just north of San Diego. And they're going to have that car on the lawn there at the Cove at Scripps Park. And you can see it outside in the light and enjoy it. So... The first time I saw it was at Meadowbrook when they used to have that show. Yes. And I photographed the heck out of it. In fact, if you look online, you do a Bing search and you type in Rolls-Royce Round Door, and all of a sudden you get a, sec- a section that comes up of images. That's you, the huh? The very first image that shows up is mine. Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> it's an amazing vehicle. I saw that at Pebble Beach the first time, and it's... Uh, Hard to describe. Uh, you listeners yeah. out there that have not seen it, look it up, Google it, uh, Bing it, and uh, check it out. It's a fantastic car. Well, great choice. Great choice. And uh, I'm hoping to get down to La Jolla for that event. So if I do, maybe we can meet up. Great. <laughs> well, Lisa, you've taken me on a great ride today, as I knew you would. We're all adorned in our swick still clothes here and ready to go out in our vintage cars. I really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Yow listeners. It's been fantastic. If you could give us one 
parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Rolls Royce round door? Always listen to that little voice. She's always right. Yes, she is. I mean, there's there's the other one that says, well, no, maybe you should go this way. But no, 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 the, the, the gut, the one that really is in there going, no, 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 it really needs, just listen to it. Yes, it's pretty much always right. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Swixtill? Well, you can certainly go to the website, Swixtill, um, hyphen, as in we say, don't forget the racing stripe. There you USA. go. Com. And there's lots of information on there. And there it might you might even find a picture of me on there and a little bit about me. Yes. And um, you can certainly find me on Twitter and Instagram at SwixtelLisa. Okay. My blog, uh, decorgirl.net. Awesome. You can find me there. And you can find me at most fun, interesting concourse because now not only – do I get to go? I have a reason to go. Absolutely. And I'll remind our listeners, if you have a, a, a guy in your life that you want to buy him something that's really cool, lasting, high quality, go to the website. There's all sorts of cool clothes, track bags, all sorts of things that I think he would really enjoy. Listeners, you can find links again to everything. And by the way, at the Cars yeah website, there's now a products page where you can find links to Swixtel as well. So thank you, Lisa, for being so generous with your time and your expertise. I know you've got to go pack your bags tonight and get off to the Calvellino event in the morning. I'm so jealous. But I want to thank you for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners today. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!